I want you. I want you to be a brand ambassador for a winery and just tweet. We got the juice. We got the juice. <laughs> and then we bring on Lizzo. Blame it Ooh. on the juice. Blame it. Blame it on the juice. I don't know. Hi everyone, and welcome to Chips in the Night, the piney gay slumber party you never had but wish you did. I'm Josh, and I'm and I might be born in the sign of the ram, but I'm one Aries who likes to get rammed. Ooh, I like that. And I'm Andrew, and I stand on guard for thee. Because <laughs> you're Canadian. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I am Canadian. Sorry Did I come you. off as Canadian? Yeah. Well, <laughs> you keep wearing maple leaves everywhere. <laughs> yeah. no, one don't. maple leaf dress. I noticed the other day that I actually started saying, um, it's a very American thing to say, mm-hmm, instead of mm. you're welcome. And it's really? a very Canadian thing to say, like, you always say you're welcome, but you never say, mm-hmm. It's considered, like standoffish over there and so when people did that to me over here i was like oh this is when you like it's weird to me but like yeah. now i do it so it's mm-hmm. i don't know mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you <laughs> yeah no americans don't say thank you <laughs> yeah that's just because we're not grateful there you go we, we're only thankful one day a year and we're only thankful for turkey mm. so thanksgiving day mm. speaking of grapes because grateful what oh <laughs> i don't know uh, what are we drinking? Yeah, so um, I don't know what the title is going to be of this episode, but basically we're talking about Aries season because we are currently in Aries season, and I was I am an Aries um, still. Yes, <laughs> can you like, <laughs> like you shift like star the star shift for you as a tourist? I would hate that if you're yeah, like, shifting true. signs every year. I'd be like, Ugh, pick yeah. a lane. You like you give me my inscribed tablet and yeah. There you go. Exactly. I want one thing forever. Yeah. I don't. I don't want a new thing every week. I'm Check not a Sag. <laughs> yeah. It's my rising. Um, mm. So I'm. Yeah, I'm a triple fire. What we are drinking today is so back in um, uh, last summer. I one of the first kind of like one of the big things I did within the past years was like make a lot of wine memes, mm. and um, you know it kind of got me written up in critical the, acclaim yeah, yeah <laughs> the local paper the sf gate and so one of the things that i did was i matched each sign to a different grape i it wasn't one of those like dumb things where it's like you know oh let's match um a different drink to a like it, i actually put like a lot of like, like the buzzfeed we did thought into <laughs> it mean? and like i i had brandon who's like basically my star guide mm-hmm. to like help me do all the caption and stuff. Star guide, I love that. I know my astro guide. Mm-hmm. I love astro guide because it sounds like astro glide. Mm. That's lube, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know what? That was the first lube I ever bought, and I remember going to the store and buying it. And the guy was like, "You know, there's better lube." And I was like, <gasps> "Was he a gay?" <sighs> I mean, I hope so. Well, wait, it, it's a different like. Um... This was in Illinois. This was like eons ago. I was gonna say like whenever people say like I bought lube, I always picture like a store like. Does your mother know? But it's like mm-hmm. I have to remind myself that you can get lube at like just like a CVS. Walmart. Yeah, yeah, you can just get it wherever. So I'm like, yeah. who? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. But it was your Astro Glide guide. I don't know. It was at that point. I was like, well, I'm I, I'm not gonna change my mind now because I'm like I'm so embarrassed anyway. Yeah, you're like, like this is buying it for a friend. I'm, huh? yeah. <laughs> I'm a Taurus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I will stubbornly stick with this until I die. And I, I have. I was pulling up the picture that I wanted to bring up of the wine meme of what like Ripper drinking, and instead I went up to the my pick was still open. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, you're... That's true. So this wine is a grape that um, is a cross between two other... It's a red wine, um, and it's a grape that is a cross between two other grapes, uh, Pinot Noir and Sanso. And basically it was uh, created in South Africa, and they've basically taken this grape as one of their signature grapes. Mm. And I love it because traditionally it is very... I don't remember who I got this from or where I got this train of thought from, but I like to describe it kind of like how it, it, to me, it smells like a riot. It smells like burning tires and like earth and like asphalt along with the fruit. And that's something I love about it because, and it smells like barbecue. It's like, it's like really spicy and weird and interesting. And to me that like is very Aries because mm. um, we're like, you know, down for any, like, I'm sure I'll link this picture into the an Instagram post, but it's like, you know, there's a room that's on fire. There's like a Mario Kart character just like swerving in the room. And then there's like Lady Gaga sitting there. It's like, cha- it's a chaotic grape to me. And that's yeah. why I like it because it's just so, it's like a love or hate one. And, Sounds um, like a Gemini. No, that's, that's for another episode. 
We're not dedicating a whole episode to Gemini. <laughs> no, they don't. They know what they've done. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Actually, I do. I mean, I appreciate some, like, two Geminis. Yeah. Well, that makes sense because they're twins. Exactly. It's one person, but it's two people. <laughs> yeah, they're two faced. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just kidding. Um, fun fact I put Gemini as Sauvignon Blanc, um, but that's for another episode. But yeah, Aries is a grape called Pinotage from South Africa. And the, now the more modern style is to create it in a very, like, softer fruitier more like approachable style but i love the like more like rougher like Like spicier yeah exactly i love that shit like it's tasty to me and if there's one thing in wine that i love it is raw and rough raw and rough it's it's like character like i would take a i don't want to say unbalanced but i would rather have a like a divisive wine even if i hate it i would take that over a neutral like Mm. crowd pleasing wine you like something with an opinion Yeah. yeah except for when i'm wrong well, then just don't be wrong. There you yeah. go. There you go. <laughs> or just fight them until they give up. <laughs> yeah. Which is the most Aries thing to do. Okay. <laughs> to so... bully people into submission. <laughs> I wrote this thing that was, this is like very tangentially related, but it's like, it was like, what is um, your love language if not your childhood traumas persevering? <gasps> uh, first of all. And then I was like, ha ha ha. No. And then I thought of it. I'm like, oh. Let me call my therapist. Hold on. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> So yeah. yeah, that's what we're drinking. Um, it's tasty. Yeah, it's yummy. Mm. Mm. It's so good. <laughs> it smells like fire. Mm. Um, that's me, because I have a hot ass. <laughs> that's why I pair so well with it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that works for me. So so this week we are celebrating all things Josh and Aries. All right, so as everyone knows, Aries is obviously the first son of the Zodiac. It's sort of like the beginning, the newness, the novelty. And I think that's really appropriate now because, at least here in San Francisco, it does sort of feel like an actual spring, partly because the weather's getting nicer. Yeah. But also just because, like, things are reopening, you're starting to see people out and about, which on one hand is scary. Yeah. But it's also, like, it feels like we're returning to life. Totally. Um, which is good because I feel like Pisces season was very depressing. That's the thing. It's like Pisces season to me is, it's kind of like, I don't want to say the death, but it, it just feels like a moment where you are very much in the void and mm. Aries is like the opposite where you're like smacking back to life. It's like all yeah. about rebirth. Um, the Phoenix, if you will. And yeah, as you were saying, like it's today, for example, it was like super sunny. It reached Gorgeous to like, today. 80 Fahrenheit or 27 Celsius. Celsius. Yeah. <laughs> Just like all burning up. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was like great seeing people out. It's great that, you know, cases, they're, they're creeping up at this mm-hmm. point, but it's part of me is like always a little bit frustrated to see that the COVID appointments are not, mm-hmm. um, they're always not available, but it also makes me happy that people are getting vaccinated. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like people getting vaccinated only helps everyone exactly so but it's also nice to live in a place where like the demand is so high because mm-hmm. like it makes me appreciate that like people here do take it very seriously everyone here wants to get an appointment like it's hard like i on the one hand it would be great to live in a place where like nobody wants to get vaccinated because then we could probably just walk in tomorrow and get jabbed that's the thing but that would also mean like everyone around us is an idiot yeah i i, <laughs> I re- well that's the thing it's like i read this thing that somebody posted that was like if you really want a COVID vaccine, look at the red counties and just mm. go there and see if they have an appointment and it works. That's how I got my vaccine or whatever. Um, that w- that's what the post said. I'm like, oh, that's fantastic, but also kind of depressing. Yeah. You know, it's like these people aren't getting their vaccines, but it's like we yeah. want them so badly. It is frustrating because like if it was only if you're only damaging yourself by doing that, I'd be like, fine, go for it. Like, sure, don't get a vaccine and die, whatever. Oh, we should probably edit that, that out. That sounds bad. <laughs> um but also, like, you're not just hurting yourself. You yeah. are you are hurting lots of other people because you're a link in the chain. Like, you you not getting the vaccine means, like, everyone downstream from you is now potentially exposed. Exactly. And I think that's the frustrating thing. So I'm glad to live in a place where people are taking it very seriously, for the most part. People are wearing masks. People are getting their vaccines. Um, people want to, like, do what we need to do in order to have a life again. Yes, exactly. So it actually does feel, yeah, it does feel like area season. It does feel like rebirth, renewal. Like, today was, like, we were just... <laughs> You know, we spent a couple of hours sitting in the park having a, a pre a pre podcast. Yeah, which is so funny because it's like we should have recorded we should those have. three hours of conversation. But I, I mean, know, whatever, whatever. Save it for the OnlyFans. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just it was so nice. I feel like today was the first really warm day of the year of the yes. social season to be to be very Bridgerton. Um, like everyone was out and about. Like the gay beach was packed. Like people were like, I don't know what the energy was, but I feel like people were kind of like. 
I could be delusional, and you know what? I think that everybody needs a little bit of healthy delusion. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like people were, like, kind of, like, looking at me. Like, when I was, like, going to the supermarket after and, like, heading home, people were, like, turning their heads. I'm like, this is just my normal outfit, but please turn and look at me. <laughs> they, I, I could have had, like, a shit stain on my whatever, but, like... You did, <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah, I know. I I always do, like, wonder, like, what if there's something on me? Like, why are people staring at me? And I, I always know. have to check. It's, it's terrifying. Same. But whatever. But no, it's nice seeing people, like, out and about. People, like, taking their shirt off. People, like, wearing low, fewer sleeves. Yeah. People just, like, trying. Yeah. It was so patience. funny because I, um, there was, like, a moment where I was, like, at first annoyed by somebody when they, like, walked in front of me or, like, did something. But I'm, like... I'm just happy to see people happy, you know? I know. It's just like, I was just like, oh, this is something that we haven't had in a year. Like, we live in the Castro in San Francisco. Like, we, the reason we live here is to live in queer joy and mm-hmm. to see that really blossom yeah. and, you know, the people that are doing it safe. It was fantastic. Even walking back from the park, just seeing people just like a little tipsy being stupid and yes. gay was like so healing. Exactly. It was. Like, I miss that. Exactly. Ugh. That's that's the podcast. Yeah, folks. bye. Uh, turn in next bye. week. Turn in next, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, what is um I I mean because I feel like this start of the year in January it was such a tumultuous month mm. such that even we for this podcast had to do- delay things so many times yeah. because the atmosphere was so tense. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't remember exactly what the timeline was because I feel like now we're just getting a grasp of time again. Yeah. But it's like Oh, the uh, storming of the Capitol, the inauguration. Like, there was, like, so many things that, like, felt like it was a time where we couldn't do anything. For this episode, it would be a good moment to revisit some... It might be premature because we are still in a pandemic. I don't want to... I don't want to say we're, like, we're in a moment of rebirth and, like, bypass the moment... Bypass the thought that we're still... That we're not in a pandemic because we still are in a pandemic. But, like... What are some, like, long-term, short-term goals, um, hopes, dreams that you have for yourself? I feel like, I know, at least for me, I feel like in January, I didn't want to set big, ambitious New Year's goals or New Year's resolutions because it's like, honestly, survive. Exactly. You know, maybe make it through to the end of the year is sounds like as much as we can do. So I specifically did not want to set about goals. But now it does feel like, okay, I actually, like, things can happen this year. Like, I actually could travel. You know, maybe not far, but I can go, like, down the street. Uh, I can go to Safeway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, my goal is first to get vaccinated and then also just take some trips. Like, I want to actually plan, like, proper vacations. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I've tried over the last year to take a day off here and there to, you know, go on walks, get to know my city a little bit better. And that's been really nice. But it's different. I think I haven't had an actual, like, vacation. Like, I'm going to experience a thing. I'm, like, tuning out for a week. I haven't done that in forever. Yeah. And so I'm very much looking forward to to just doing that, to just being out. And yeah. also, like, reconnecting with people I haven't seen in person in a year and a half. Totally. You know, because I have, like, I have friends who live in the city who I haven't seen in decades. Yeah. It feels. You know, what a very Aries thing was, was that on my way to your place here, I ignored, like, three people I knew. Good. <laughs> <laughs> we'll bleep it out, but one of them was tall. And I was like... Oh, I don't recognize you with your mask on when it's like, he's the only person I know that's like he's seven 25 feet tall. <laughs> he's very noticeable. Yeah. So my, my goals are travel, um, eat, pray, love, basically. Mm. And also, like, I feel like because the my mindset for the last year has been very much like, stay inside, lock down. Like, you know, my, my mentality has been, I'm actively trying to avoid everyone. Not everyone, but like, you know, most people. Um, But I feel like now I'm, especially over the last couple of months, I've been thinking, you know, oh, like at some point we're going to have to go outside again. At some point we're going to have to be seen again. So I'm trying to like do a little workout. Like I'm not trying to become a, you know, a gym boy. A mask for mask moment. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah, exactly. M-A-S-K maybe. Yes, there you go. But not M-A-S-K-C. Yeah, I'm not trying to become like a a super like, like buff dude. I think invest in my physical health because I feel mm. like the last year has been really focused on like mental health, making sure that like prioritizing that. And so if that means like baking and eating a cheesecake in a night, then like, yeah, go yeah. for it. But now it's like, all right, I've, that was important to get through the last year. But now for the next year, it is really about like physical health, taking care of like this body, yaddy, yaddy. Yes. That's fair. Yeah. For me, it's kind of this. Well, I mean, my big, well, get vaccinated, duh. But also like I'm in a moment right now where... I do not currently have a full-time career and I would love for that to happen. Mm, so I'm putting up my, 
Um, I was going to say putting out my juices. And I think the correct term was putting out my feelers. Which is also... I feel like putting out your juices is a way to get fired before you've even got fired. (laughs) That's want some juices. Unless you work at a juice bar. That's true. There you go. I've written it in the stars. Or a winery. Well, there you go. They have juice. They have juice. That's true. (laughs) So, um, yeah, and I, I love your thing about, like physical health Um, I'm trying to do the same as well and I'm I'm trying to like I mean I've been doing well so far just like exercising and quarantine but I think for me it's just should we go to Barry's should we get a Barry's membership A berries Can we do jazzercise? Is it terrible that like I'm I'm such the opposite of a gym bunny that when you said Barry's membership I thought you meant like a fruit delivery service. <laughs> I literally We should start that. There's like a Barry's like right over there and I literally thought you meant like a I was like, "Hmm." I only know because we used to live across the street from Barry's and I would That's hear true. them on like a Saturday morning while we're hungover and they're just like doing their burpees mm. and I'm doing my burpees which are a very different kind. Yeah, you're just sitting there burping <laughs> <and> drinking like <laughs> soda. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> um, right. uh, yeah, let's do jazz That feels like more our speed. Well, what's your ideal um, exercise? Like, if Not. you could choose any. <laughs> okay, so I, I we were talking about this earlier, but like, top five things that I love or hate about a city is that I really hate flat cities. Mm. I love San Francisco for the fact that it has like the drama, the altitude, the ups yeah. and downs of it. But... I feel like yeah, if I if. I do genuinely love walking. Like yes. that's like especially the last year. That's the only thing I've done aside from record this podcast and <laughs> I don't know cry. Uh, so yeah, like I, so Pisces to Aries. Exactly. This is the transition. <laughs> um, so I've 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 I think we're very lucky to live in a city where it is super walkable and there's like interesting things to see on walks. So I've you know I've walked all over the city at this point. Um, every which away. So I think, yeah, that's my favorite, like, exercise. But I guess I'm thinking of, like, things I would do in a gym. And mm. most of those I hate. I hate exercise that does not have a goal. Mm. Like, if we're going to exercise, like, let's throw around... Like, th- I mean, exercise, for the sake of itself, always has a goal. But, like, I don't like using a machine for exercise. Like, I mm. like walking to a destination where you can, like, measure, like, oh, I have to walk around the block one more time, and that's my exercise. Like, it's it's more visually measurable. Mm-hmm. Or, like, you're playing, like, a sport. Like, I love that. Except I hate team sports, because yeah. I regret that. Well, <laughs> I So I recently was introduced to pickleball, which is not a sexual thing. Wait. Well, oh, it can wait. be. I'm thinking, okay, yeah, you tell me what It's basically is. tennis, but smaller right it's like it's a it was described to me as a cross between tennis and ping pong yes okay I'm because thinking. it's it's like a, a flat paddle mm-hmm. and there's a ball it's like a wiffle it's like a very light wiffly type yes. ball yep um and you play it's like a smaller court and it's actually really fun Ooh. i i had forgotten i remember back in high school playing tennis and being like oh this is this is enjoyable because i like like a one-on-one sport or like a two-on-two as long as it's not super competitive yes because i the reason i hate team sports is not because like there's nothing i don't mind running around a field and like playing with balls the thing i hate is like disappointing a team mm-hmm. like i don't take exactly i don't take team sports seriously enough and so yep. if we're playing a team sport and you're like except if it's drag race exactly <laughs> then i will then i will so you're not wearing that dress hard enough <laughs> exactly yeah. so yeah that's my thing so i like a one-on-one or two-on-two if it were all sort of just like we're just we're doing it for the love of the game exactly i remember a moment in high school when we were playing volleyball and nobody on the team would throw the ball in my direction mm-hmm. and i'm like you got like homophobia. I don't, I don't care. Like it's it's like I I don't even want to be here. So props to you, Mama, for not mm-hmm. <laughs> throwing the ball my way. Little did they know I'd be playing with balls my entire life. Hey. Just kidding. Not kidding. <laughs> but yeah, it's I I don't like team sports when they get to a point where it's too competitive mm. or when everyone's taking it too seriously. And it, it's funny because I am very competitive, but I know that I don't necessarily have like the physical expectation that you're supposed to have when you like play sports if Mm -hmm. that makes sense um so like my mom when i was little she enrolled me in things like swimming or non-competitive uh jujitsu skating you know it's very like it's all about you and you're beating yourself exactly i beat myself all the time (laughs) (laughs) Uh i feel like i so I'm not competitive in sports. I am competitive. I'm not even competitive. I would say, like, I have an ego in things that I take pride in or that I, like, know yeah. that I've cultivated, and I think that's the difference. Yeah. Like, you beat me at ping pong, great, good for you. Yeah. I don't I don't have any ego attached to that. You beat me at, like, you know, specific 
areas of knowledge that I have like actually spent a lot of time cultivating, then I'll be upset because that's something that I think I'm good at. Would you say the like the competitiveness that you do have, is that the most Aries thing about you? Like what is the most Aries thing about you? So for context, my sun is in Aries, my moon is in Leo, and my rising is in Sag. The most Aries thing about me is probably that I I don't know, I walk fast? You oh, do walk fast. Actually for me it's that I feel like I don't have time for bullshit and I know mm-hmm. that sounds like a reality TV cliche but what I mean by that is like I hate it when we're on Grinder and somebody's like being very willy-nilly and flirting but it's like what are, you are we gonna for? F- or not like I don't under- like mm-hmm. I think I've reached a point I don't know what happened and I know this sounds really scary and serious but I promise it's not like within the past couple of years I've come to a point where maybe it was because I was in the startup moment and it was like very unstable and I didn't know what was going to happen at any time but like mm-hmm. I've been very comfortable with like the idea that anything can end at any given time. Yeah. I was going to start off the sentence and this section by saying like I've come to the realization that I'm no longer afraid of death, which sounds kind of scary, right? So that's not what I mean. what, What I mean is that, like, I have been in so many moments in my younger life where I look back and I see that waiting for something or beating around the bush was not worth it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so like now I feel like ripping off the band-aid for a lot of these different situations is so much more satisfying to me because you can just move on. And it's funny because I say this now and then tomorrow I'll be like dissociating on the couch and being like, what do I do? I'm very like, (laughs) I need to send this to my therapist. (laughs) What is wrong? Just ask him to subscribe to our podcast. (laughs) Okay, so it, it's Aries season as our resident Aries. I do want to talk about you. Because I feel like we're, we're seven, eight episodes into our podcast. Right. We haven't really introduced ourselves except with silly little quips. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> and broadly about who we are. So this is our chance to be like, all right, what is Josh? Yeah. Why is Josh? Who am Josh? <laughs> Here in you are our resident wine experts. Um, you are our gay sommelier. So how, do you, how did you get into that world? Like what... What brought you into the world of wine? I got into wine in college, partially as an escape, but partially because it seemed like the opposite of like, you know, the sorority, sorority, the fraternity boys who drink uh, beer. And Mm -hmm. to me, I thought like getting into wine was like the opposite of that. But like, I loved how wine was this combination of just like science, arts, languages, um, history and all these things. And... I was somebody who switched majors like 10 times and so like getting into wine not only as like a drunken escape from the straight world but it was like such a great moment where I could study so many things at different times. Mm -hmm. Okay that's interesting so that's how you sort of got into the wine world. What brought you down to like the Bay Area specifically? I got down here from Vancouver specifically because somebody who attended the wine club in uh, university that I was president of got into contact with me saying, hey, we're working on this project where we're trying to like build wine molecule by molecule. Like, would you be willing to help with us? Because like, I know you have a science background and you're like um, a sommelier. And so I said, yeah, absolutely. I'll help. And that's kind of how I moved down here. And that was a fun project. And, you know, I'm a co-founder of a company, but now a moment where like a switch kind of flipped for me was like you know what one thing that i love about the bay area so much is that it's probably one of the biggest populations of um, diaspora filipinos Mm -hmm. and so moving here was is so great because there were not only there's I'm, i'm right next to wine country i'm right next to um you know innovation but i'm i'm really next to a lot of people who share the same culture mm-hmm. that i do right one time i was like why do i know more about french regions than i do a filipino regions mm-hmm. one thing that i'm so grateful about moving here is like getting to know more about myself in the context of where my parents came from mm-hmm. you know uh where my ancestors came from and I think I mentioned this um, in the last podcast, but it's like being a, um, a Filipino from Canada rather than like part of a population that has such a Filipino diaspora, you're like almost adjacent to that culture. Even though you still have some similarities, there's mm-hmm. still some differences. And that was like weird for me to experience, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I think so. 
There might be, I know last year you did this really interesting series pairing like different Filipino food with specific yeah. wines. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a really cool thing. I, I, I guess I had kind of two questions based on that. It was like, one, what were your favorite pairings? And like, what, what did that teach you about like both of those things, about both wine and like specific Filipino dishes? So one thing that spurred my um, kind of interest in pairing Filipino food with wine was that there was this whole, there's this like cliche with the wine world, which is like to say oh let's pair this slightly sweet wine with asian food and to me that's like a very treating asian food like a monolith as you were mentioning is it it doesn't make any sense it's like asia is an entire continent each country and then each of the cultures within Mm -hmm. that country has like a different you know flavor palette the way that they prepare their food so it's like i hate how people will say like oh pair this bordeaux with like a pan seared steak with you know peppercorns like hyper specific yeah exactly with like peppercorns like harvested by blind nuns (laughs) on a full moon like it's so irritating to me how they do that and then it was just like oh like pair this like off dry riesling with um chinese takeout like that's Mm -hmm. very it's lazy it's 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 so lazy and so one thing that i um wanted to do when i had lots of free time was to find specific pairings that pair with um, Filipino food. And so one drunken afternoon, I took, I think it was 13 wines and nine Filipino flavors. And I made this like grid where I tried each of the wines and matched them to each of the flavors to see what worked and what didn't. Mm -hmm. And one of those wines, of course, was like an off dry Riesling, which is the one they always Mm -hmm. like say that pairs well with Asian food. And I came to several conclusions, several that were surprising and some that were not surprising, I guess. But all that to say, it's like, I think that we need to bring each culture to the forefront and every culture in every country and their food needs to have their own moment. We can't Mm -hmm. just treat it like a monolith because that doesn't do a favor to anybody. It's just a very like white supremacist framing of Asian food, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think so. And it's, it is sort of imagining it as, like, that it's not worth getting to know. Like, that's sort of the exactly. assumption. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. If, if all Chinese take, if all Asian foods are the same, then it's like, well, then there's no there's no point in, like, investing the time in. Yeah. But, like, even Chinese takeout, there's ranges. Mm-hmm. Like, so it, it does not make sense to say, like, all of this thing goes with this other thing. Um, it's just it's just silly. So I appreciate, like, the work you're doing to, to broaden that out and say, like, not only is there complexity here, but there's like there's joy and there's like there's mystery and there's like flavor and there's like new combinations that you would never know if it was just this you know boring ass wine goes with all Asian food. Yeah. Um, so I guess my other question, based on sort of like that series in particular, is like who are you writing for? Like when you're when you're sitting down to write, like do you have an audience in mind? Are you writing for a specific like person or group or individual or or is it sort of like anyone who stumbles upon joshesgay.com or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, is that like I, when we talk about wine and when we talk about it in the context of like food pairing, I feel like it's, it's most of the time written for people who see wine as, well, I don't want to say it like that, but it's like, it's written for people in a way that wine is seen as this luxury product. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to take that away from wine. I just want that to be, I just want everyone to have access to that luxury, you yeah. know? And so for me, it's like, I want wine to be worthy of these foods. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't want to treat, you know, there's this whole like new, I don't want to call it new, but like there's this conversation that's being brought to light where it's like, you know, people see Asian food or Asian restaurants and they don't call it authentic unless it's like grubby or yeah, like, you know what I mean? see like, yeah, hole in the wall. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas like you if you flip the script and you, you know, you would never say the same thing about like um, a Eurocentric cuisine. Mm-hmm. Right. And so for me, it's just like, I want people to treat Asian food um, with the respect that it deserves. I mm-hmm. guess I, you know, it, it, it's not all about, and we can go into a whole thing, another thing about that, but it's like the whole idea of like authenticity mm-hmm. and how people value these foods. Yeah, I think it's also like understanding there's a range there. Like, yes, yeah. the greasy hole in the wall is great, but also there is an elevated version. Yeah. The the whole authenticity thing is is, is weird because it's like, you know, there's like the whole like fusion argument and this and that. And I even used to think that like quote-unquote fusion food was terrible because it wasn't like the quote-unquote true representation of that that cuisine but it's like the thing is is that like as a it's such a complex issue but like being a child of an immigrant i cannot claim 
all of these traditions because I've never experienced them. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But at the same time, treating... Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I have a unique experience as somebody in the diaspora uh, and being children of immigrants. It doesn't make it any less of an authentic experience. Yeah, if your, if your experience is sort of a fusion, then, like, then it, it opens you up to the possibility that those are also... Because I think, like, none of these categories are static. Like, Filipino is not a static category. Yeah. It didn't stop innovating in, like, you know, pick a year. Yeah. Like, all of these things, they continue innovating, continue changing, and part of the way they do that is through interactions with other cultures, other cuisines, other styles, other people, other places, other nouns, things, verbs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Adjectives. Adjectives. Yeah that's, yeah. yeah, that's the whole thing, is that, like, I don't... People treat these voices and these streams of thought as if there should be a dominant one, but I think that we can talk about these stories in tandem as long as we give everybody the respect and the space, mm-hmm. you know? Um, as a child of immigrants who lives in the diaspora, like, I have my own story, and maybe I can't speak about living in the Philippines, but that doesn't mean that I don't have my own story, and that doesn't make me any less authentic in my experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need therapy, we got a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Put that on a shirt. <laughs> we should. I, I, I feel like I... Sorry, the question was, who am I writing for? So it's like, I'm writing for people who... You know, I'm, I'm not only attempting to bring uh, Filipino food and Asian food to a level where wine deserves it. Mm -hmm. But I'm also writing for people who don't necessarily meld with traditional ways of writing. And so I really try to write from a queer Filipino Mm -hmm. perspective. That's why I I know it sounds silly. And I I have talked about interviews about how like my wine memes are really just like funny and I don't like to get too cerebral about them. But it's like, if different people can relate to wine in a way that's not the mainstream way it's presented to you, like the fact that I wrote about like how oh Aries is this wine and Taurus mm-hmm. is this wine or this is what a vodka tonic would be like as a gay person yeah. like if somebody resounds with that then my job is done mm-hmm. you know what I mean like I want people who are not straight white cis men to be comfortable in the space that is dominated by like people in suits mm-hmm. and at the end of the day, if that gives you a laugh or, you know, it gives you inspiration, then I'm, that makes me happy. I love that because you're, you're writing in a way that's very invitational. It's very, you're opening the door to people and say, like, if you want to come on in, like, there's joy to be out over here. Yeah. You can come have it. And here's here's an easy way to, to do that. Because I know, like, for a lot of people and for me as well, like, I don't, like, I am sort of intimidated by the world of wine because I know, I know that I don't know enough to do it right. And so it's like, well, I just won't try. Or I, like, it's, you know, it's hard to approach. And also, well, like, what does that mean, like, to do wine right? Like, I feel like that's a very gatekeepy idea mm-hmm. that has been created. Like, at the end of the day, like, yes, wine is an extension of culture. And it does say something about, it, it does create a narrative of the cultures it touches and, like, the way that you can create a story out of it. But, like, it's a product of pleasure that mm-hmm. everybody deserves to have access to. Yeah. And so when you create a fence around it, it's almost a... Um, what's the word here? It's it's like a um, an opposite. Like, it doesn't make sense to create an object of pleasure that's, you know, created a lot of the time from, like, cheap labor and then mm-hmm. have it only serve a particular group of people. It's a fantasy. You know? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Is that what this whole episode about is just fantasy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I do want to, like, just put a pin in something you said earlier, which was that you're trying to change it so that, like, wine deserves the food you're writing about. And I think that's... I love that framing, because it's not... You're not writing in defense of Filipino food, trying to say, like, hey, we're worthy. Like, oh, this is worthy of wine. You're saying, no, it's already up here. Like, it is already worthy. Yes. What you're trying to do is say, wine needs to catch up to where, to where this is. Yes. And I think that I love that framing, and I feel like it's a very... Um, yeah, it's a, it's a very useful way of thinking about that interaction and a very, like, um, productive, I think, shift in the conversation to say, like, this is where, like, the food's always always been here. And people have always been doing it. The problem is not that. The problem is the people writing about it are wrong. Yeah. Um, I want to give a quick example of, like, a food pairing that blew my mind. I mean, maybe in the description we'll, like, link to... One thing I need to do is, like, I need to show my findings about these pairings yeah. in, like, a very digestible way. Uh, but one thing, so the reason why people say, oh, off, like the slightly sweet wa- white wine, like Riesling, which is not always slightly sweet, it can be dry all the way to super sweet, but 
the reason why people say like, oh, off dry Riesling goes well with Chinese takeout is because um, now I don't I don't claim to be a expert in, in Chinese takeout here because um, I have to backtrack here and say that Chinese takeout is a great example of like food that has evolved into its own moment. It's not traditional. It was born out of, yes. I kind of want to say survival. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it was created in the US and now it is its own thing. Mm-hmm. It's still Chinese food, but it's just a It is a fusion food. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's 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 not a traditional thing, but it's it tells a story. Yeah. Is what I'm trying to say. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Let's put that on a shirt. Uh, it tells a story. It tells a story. Um all that to say, um, you know, a lot of these foods can be slightly um sweet, right? Mm-hmm. And so they say, oh pear off dry Riesling because it has a little bit of a sweetness and it'll pair with these foods but like of course all Chinese takeout doesn't taste like that yeah exactly but it's like when people think of Chinese takeout they think of like they think of sesame chicken or whatever yeah exactly which I only say that because that's what I that's my go to (laughs) fair enough it's good it's good and it's tasty and it was it has its own story right and that doesn't make it any less authentic is what I'm trying to say Mm -hmm. so um, I tested this theory of pairing this with um, the Last time I checked, the Philippines doesn't actually have a national food, but like there are a couple of foods that are considered the official food. Mm -hmm. So one of those things is adobo, which Mm -hmm. is basically um, meat that's been simmered in a combination of five basic flavors, which is soy sauce, vinegar, bay leaves, peppercorn, and garlic. Mm -hmm. And so I thought... Oh, um, I wonder if this flavor combination pairs well with an off-dry Riesling, which can be higher in acid and has a little bit of sweetness to it and has like that kind of orchard fruit moment. So mostly like green apple, kind of like a nectarine peach moment to it. And so I tested it and to me it was, I expected it to go like decently, but for me it was actually not the best combination because in theory the like saltiness would work with the sweetness and what have you, but... For me, because vinegar and soy sauce are so, like, sour is the wrong word, but, like, if I were to put them into, like, instruments, the combination of vinegar and soy sauce is is very, like, shrill to me. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's, like, it's very, like, salty and acidic, and it's it very much, like, blankets the entire thing with, like, this vibration. Yeah. And so I thought that, oh, um, maybe that'll pair well with Riesling. But the problem with German Riesling is that it's also very acidic and tense. And so it almost was like somebody was, it was an orchestra made up of violins, mm. if that makes sense. There was no, no balance, balance to yeah. it. It was just like all high pitched, whatever. And so for me, what actually paired well with adobo was the complete opposite, which was a oaked Chardonnay. Mm. And so with the oak Chardonnay, what it gives you is more of like a less fruity, generally, uh, more of like a full-bodied, buttery, oaky moment. And so you, you're you able to have this like full-bodied, creamy... Like softer. Softer. Yeah. And then like it gives space for the adobo to like be tense. And so it's like it was almost like a full orchestra, if that makes sense. I love that. That's, um, I, I think the, the instruments are a useful way of framing the like pairings. Yeah. Because that kind of, that helps me at least understand it. Yeah. Have you have you put I know you did some like pairings on your blog. Have you put out like your whole list of the X goes with Y? Not yet. I, I still have to do that. And yeah. maybe by the time this comes out, it'll be on my blog. <laughs> or no, my Instagram. Um but like I need to make a fun graphic or something. Yeah. Yeah, so for crunch time tonight, I thought it'd be fun to throw out some different songs from the last year and just ask like what would you drink with these songs? Okay. Like what would Josh, celebrity sommelier to the stars. Aww. <laughs> Dream job. Uh, you would be good at that, actually. Um, I could see you like, here's your wine, Miss Perry. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why that's your accent. Matthew Perry or Katy Perry? Both. Yeah. <laughs> In this the fantasy, they're married. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. Um, that would be convenient if they got married. That would be so funny. The paperwork would be so straightforward. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so for, for this week's time, I'm going to like read off some songs from the last year, and you just be like, what would you drink with them? Okay. Sounds good. Um, for the record, a lot of these pairings, I guess, do take a lot of thought, but I'm going to try to yeah. rapid lightning rapid round, fire, which is what this is. Yeah. And it's not like, what is this? What is the song like inspired or like, what is the song as a cocktail or whatever? It's ju- literally just like, what would you drink for this? Like comes on the radio and you're like, all right, got to pour myself a drink. Okay. So first one, just because I know you love her. Yo Pereo Sola. Bye. <laughs> is he Bye. 
that's my I wish. Uh, yeah, we all do. By uh, Lady Bunny. I was gonna. Yeah, that's what I thought in my head. Uh, so Yo Pareo Solo by Bad Bunny. Um, for me, I would pick a energetic wine. Um, I would pick a um, energetic single vineyard wine because it's all about the you know dancing by yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would be um, oh god, oh god, Sauvignon Blanc uh, from Sancerre. Ooh, I know I'm gonna regret words. that later, but it's yeah, it's grassy, it's energetic, it's tense, which maybe isn't the right. Oh God, I'm I'm, I'm well, she's tense because she's in the club and like all these men are looking at her and there she's like, go. leave me alone, leave me alone. I'm, I'm dancing on my own. own. <laughs> Did she say that to Robin? <laughs> okay, maybe I'll revisit that one. Okay, but that's my answer for that one. Okay. Okay. Up next, WAP. Okay, WAP, <laughs> certified freak. It's going to be something you drink seven days a week. I need to put my, my head in this moment here. Um, okay, so it needs to be like a um, creamy but tense and also like energetic, but like you can bop to it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say uh, a Santa Barbara Chardonnay. You know, it's like it, it has like volume to it, but it's also like energetic at the same time. Like it's not in either direction. Santa Barbara Chardonnay sounds like a great drag name. I'm Miss Santa Barbara Chardonnay. Why is from the fine from the fine state of Georgia. <laughs> that's that's where I go. It's from California. <laughs> I know, but in my mind, she's a Southern Belle. Yeah. It's like uh, Miss Congeniality that movie. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's how that's where I'm imagining Santa Barbara Chardonnay. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Up next, Rain on Me. Not Ooh. Don't Rain on My Parade. This is the the more recent Rain on Me. Okay, so Rain on Me, um, I feel like is a let's call it a sparkling rosé from um, from Alsace. You know, Alsace is a very oh no, not from Alsace because Alsace is actually a very sunny region, and Rain Ooh. on Me is all about rain. <laughs> yeah, it's all about rain. <laughs> Where does um, it rain? Uh, so I'm gonna say it is a Crema de Bourgogne. Uh, do I want it to be from France? After all they've done to us. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Let's make it. Let's make it. No. No. Let's make it from Champagne. Because Champagne, the region of Champagne, is very cloudy and it can be very rainy. I mean, people think of Champagne, they think of it as a very like um, luxurious region, but Champagne is actually a very cloudy region, hmm. um, and that's why the grapes actually do so well there because they remain just ripe. They're never overripe in that region, and so I'm gonna call Rain on Me a rosé Champagne. Because of the color palette, the energy, you know, you always want to party when you hear that song. I may relocate from Champagne to somewhere else, but that's where I'm going to put that wine. That feels right, only because it's, that seems like the gayest possible wine. That, yeah. And I feel like Lady Gaga would appreciate that. That's fair. Yeah. She was, she posed the other day with a uh, bottle of Champagne. Which Friend of the pod. I, I... I said that more excited than it needed to be because people post the champagne all the time. We, we should repost that on our official Instagram. You know what? We will. We will. We will. Lady Gaga is our brand ambassador now. <laughs> she works for us. <laughs> the gays. There you go. Um, okay. Uh, up next, Bad Guy by William Eyelash. William Eyelash. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, very unpopular and hot take, but I actually I love Billy Eilish as a person, but mm-hmm. I don't really understand. I don't want to say I don't understand the music because somebody said that I can only say Billie Eilish now. Billie Eilish, somebody said Billie Eilish is the, this generation's Avril Lavigne. Okay, interesting. In that it's very, like, counterculture, but not full counterculture. Mm -hmm. It's very, like... Very hot topic. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. But, like, in this generation, very Gen Z, Avril Lavigne. Obviously, very two different styles of music, but, like, I understand what Mm -hmm. that comparison is. All that being said... um, I get dark, I get moody, I get, like, indifferent almost. So mm-hmm. I'm going to say, like, let's say Syrah from St. Joseph in the Rhone Valley. Syrah is known for being very, like... So I actually, in my great p- comparison, I called Syrah... Um, I compared it to Scorpio. Mm. Because it's very, like, you know, witchy and mysterious. And that's kind of what I get from this song, right? It's very, like... like that. Um, bang. Like, <laughs> so it's, like, I'm going to call it... Yeah, it's, like, a very, like, peppery... Mm-hmm. Still energetic, but very, like, counterculture-y song. Yeah. And, and, and Syrah is kind of, like, the... 
I kind of call Syrah like the um, person in high school who's not like the jock, but more so like that person who's like taking a smoke out back. Yeah, over it. Yeah, who's wearing like a leather jacket. Yeah. And, like, done with it. Okay, I like that. Yeah. It's a good one. All right, last one for all the points. Positions by Ms. Grande. So this is actually a very easy one. Switching positions for you. That shouts to me like, this is a verse anthem, and you got to choose a verse yeah. grape. And so for me, this one is, it has to be a Chardonnay, because Chardonnay to me is the most versatile mainstream grape, because it does whatever you want it to do, but it still retains quality and character. All things being equal, mm-hmm. um, if you treat it the way it's supposed to be treated. Uh, and what I mean by that is that it can be oaked, it can be unoaked, it can be grown in cool climates, it can be grown in warm climates, and you can really mold it to what you need it to be. And to so it goes that, to flow. Exactly. It's so terrible. I remember writing a uh, one of my first blog posts, and I compared Chardonnay to Joey Tribbiani from Friends. <laughs> Which is so embarrassing. <laughs> I'm, it's very that might be the straightest thing I've ever done is compare yeah. Joey Tribbiani to a wine grape. Um, because he's the very good with flow as well. So I'm going to say that this song pairs well with like kind of like a, a Chardonnay that's not from like a cool climate, but not from like a super warm climate either. Just like somewhere in the middle. And I'm going to call that maybe like a cooler pocket of, of California. No, no, no. no. I take that back because I already did um, a Santa Barbara Chardonnay for WAP. So I'm going to call this one um, a New Zealand, a New Zealand Chardonnay. I will toast to that. Yeah, there you go. I'm not going to say where in New Zealand. I'm just going to leave it at New Zealand Chardonnay. I want to go to New Zealand. It looks beautiful. It's I've been there. Do you know that's time. where they shot um, Lord of the Rings? One and two. my thing. <laughs> <laughs> We're so stupid. So I think we can move on uh, to our final segment, which is our chips on the table. So aside from all of the things we've already discussed about that brought us joy, which like good weather, wine, those are the main ones. (laughs) What's bringing you joy this week? No episode of Aries and queerness can be done without mentioning Montero, Call Me By Your Name by Nil Nas X, who... Is Aries? Is an Aries. <gasps> I claim the... F- wow. Aries... Ari- the Aries community... I can't even say it because I love him so much. Mm-hmm. I've never stand a musician so hard in my life. Like, a queer black person who does a pole dancing with, like, the devil. Like, I... Fully I dance. didn't realize that, like, that song was, like, two minutes and 17 seconds long or whatever. Because it's, like... I'm, like, listening to it on repeat. Mm-hmm. I love it so much. And I, I'm just dumbfounded because... It's it's so funny how much pushback that it's getting because mm-hmm. there's so many other things in the past whatever years that have been like worse or have been yeah. so that has been bringing me so much Aries joy. Yeah, and his birthday I believe is on the April 9th. Really? Yeah, and my birthday is on the eleventh. So if you haven't bought a present, there's still time. Exactly. <laughs> Actually, I don't remember when this is going out, so it might be too late. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, true. I do feel like if if you if you still had questions about American Christianity, the last few weeks have taught you everything you need to know. It like, is so funny. This like, is the thing that people apparently are concerned about. Not poverty, not about hunger, not about police brutality. It's a music video. It's so funny. Like, I think, I don't know if it was Little Nas X that posted about it um, or if it was somebody else, but somebody was like, oh, you're telling gay people to go to hell and then once we do and then we like claim it for a culture, now you're... you're now you're upset about ex- it. Ex- ex- yeah. upset about Pick it. a it's lane. Like, exactly. And it... I don't know. Yeah. I just... I love that video so much. I love Little Nas X and it's just... I love that song so yeah. much. I, I, yeah. That's... It's beautiful. I've probably listened to it at least 6,000 times. Yeah. And my roommates have all moved out because they're tired of it. <laughs> that's not true. They also all love it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's fantastic. Um, that was going to be my thing that brought me joy this week, so I will pick a different one. <laughs> Can I just say that, like, every year for Pride Month, they always choose a song yeah. that I hate that, you know... Megan Trainer. <laughs> but it's, like, always a song that, like, they blast during Pride Month. Like, for, I think for one, it was, like, Shape of You by Eric Sheeran. Do you remember yeah. that song? <laughs> Uh, it was like maybe 2016 or 17 or whatever. This is the first year where I'm like, can we make it, mm-hmm. Montero? Please. Can we vote on it? Please. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Who can make this happen? Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> Kamala the Harris. Queen of the gays. 
<laughs> I don't know. Ellen? Probably not Ellen. Bleep that out. <laughs> <laughs> it does make me wish... Like, I, I think I put this in our group chat the other day, but, like, there's a... He put out a version where it's, like, Montero, but you're in the club bathroom. <laughs> yes. I love those versions so yeah, much. Yeah, because, like, that actually gives me such nostalgia for, like, yeah. just being in the club bathroom, hearing the bops. Like, I would give almost anything to be in, like, a shitty gay club, a little bit drunk, dancing poorly in the bathroom yeah. while holding my drink. And hearing that blasting in the like the room next to me. It's so funny because I love those edits. Like mm-hmm. um, when Rain on Me came out, I believe there was like you hear Rain on Me play on uh, the dance floor, but you're like in the bathroom or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like it gave me such weird. Like so I I hate being in the bathroom and hearing the music when mm-hmm. I know that I could be like yeah. dancing there. So our problems are so real. <laughs> uh, they are, but this is this a, is not one a, of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 There you go. It's a very small one. So, what is something that has brought you light and love in this past week? I think for me, so today, as we mentioned earlier, today was like the first day of the year where it's like really warm and really nice out. And it was the first time in like, I don't know, seven years, it seems like, that we just, we went to Dolores Park and just sat on a, sat on a blanket and oh, just like God. looked at the city. It was, it was beautiful. So and I feel like that is one of those quintessential gay San Francisco things yeah. is just going to Dolores Park with your friends. Well, or just one friend in this case. <laughs> and yeah, the, that that brought me a lot of joy. Just being in the park. It was it was beautiful. It was, it was a gorgeous day out. Day, yeah. yeah. And I missed I missed that. I miss seeing like, you know, other queer people out doing the most. Yeah, that was a very good. Oh, it was a good thing. Yeah. So that's our podcast this week. Hope you've enjoyed learning about our, our Joshua. Yeah. I don't know why I said like that. Like I'm I, at this point, I have no idea what I talked about. And if there are parts that are missing, I apologize. DM us for questions. DM us for questions. Um, we We're, will... Ooh, should we ask quest, answer questions for... Ooh, that'll be fine. If you have questions, send them to us. Yeah. We'll think about it for a future episode. Yeah. If if people want to learn about more about you generally, where, where should they go? Um, pbskids.org my... PBS <laughs> <laughs> oh I missed that um, yeah. no so for my blog which I have all my wine pairings go to joshlikeswine.com or um, on Instagram um, and Twitter at somaligay which is um, like somalier but gayer gayer <laughs> s-o-m-m oh god I can't e-l-i-g-a-y <laughs> yes yeah. s-o-m-m yeah um, but I'm sure you can find us through our our social media our handles. social media for this podcast, which is at two midnight, two midnight snacks. snacks. That is the number two, and then midnight snacks. Uh, and you can find us on Twitter and Instagram, and also anywhere where you can find podcasts under Chips in the Night. So yeah, come back next week and every week for more hilarious content from your two favorite midnight snacks. And maybe Andrew will tell you a story about his interaction with Nancy Pelosi one day. (gasps) Drag her! (laughs) I'm not dragging anyone. I'm just saying that there's a story there. There may, or, they may and or may not be. Also, <laughs> I never said that you interact with her. I'm just saying that there's a story. It could be that like... second fridge. I was inside it. <laughs> the very it's niche. So funny to me. Yeah, that's like a very niche thing. Even though it was like released on like YouTube, like very few people will know exactly what you're talking. I about. I was the ice cream. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The little ice cream was me. Oh, all the references in one. All right, come back next week. We will still be here. Probably still drunk from this week. But what, what are we talking about next week? Well, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Either. I haven't looked that far ahead in the schedule. Global workshop. TBD. 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 <laughs> <laughs> we are the worst we are. people. <laughs>